Welcome to Indie Matters, the podcast from the Nevada Independent. I'm your host, Joey Lovato. And today on the first episode of 2024, I will be talking to reporters Sean Galanka and Eric Nugamorn about all of the new laws coming into effect here in Nevada. And then after that, I'm talking to editor John Ralston and managing editor Michelle Rendells about what we're going to be covering here at the Nevada Independent in 2024. Uh, Looking forward to the election, as well as a ton of other stuff like the Super Bowl and just changes to the state in general. So let's just jump right into it. Welcome to 2024, everybody. All right, well, it's a new year, and with a new year comes new laws that are coming into effect. They come into effect in January 1st, at least some of them do. I'm here with reporters Eric Nugaborn and Sean Galanka, who have been reporting on this story. Let's start with you, Eric. Uh, what are some of the big new laws that have stood out to you that you reported on? So currently, Nevada law only allows Medicaid to cover this type of care called applied behavior analysis for people with autism who are 21 and younger. But now that will increase to people who are up to 27 years old. So that's expected to help over 100 Nevadans. And it was a big push this legislative session because while adults with autism may have different needs than children with autism, they still need certain support, such as just learning how to maintain a job and learning how to live independently. And this comes into effect on January 1st. So mm-hmm. by the time the audience is hearing this, it will already be in effect, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's everything we're talking about today, Joey. And just just to add to that, I had a family member who was a, an ABA analyst and I even have another family member who has Down syndrome and, and is an adult in this age range. And so this is something that people have, have really advocated for some of the changes with this programming and coverage to make sure that these people aren't, aren't falling into the gaps where they're losing out on, on coverage that's badly needed for, for kind of this young adult age range. I, I have a few more that we'll get into down the line that I think are a little bit more broadly applicable. But one that just stands out to me, and I reported on this during the legislative session, It's a new law that basically expands voting access in jail. So somebody's convicted of a felony and they're serving time at a state prison, they are ineligible to vote while they're in prison. But somebody who's being held on a misdemeanor charge in a local jail or they're awaiting trial and they're being held in a local jail, they still have the right to vote. And so it's been difficult for people in those situations to actually cast their ballots. And and so this bill really directs local jails requires them to develop policies for basically helping ensure those folks vote because they do have that right. And so it's really about maintaining and ensuring that access. And yeah, so we'll, we'll see local jails put these policies into place in the upcoming election year. And, and we'll see how that plays out in terms of how the administration of voting and getting folks registered to vote while they're in jail, how, how that all goes. Yeah, I'll just add that like the it caught my eye how like a lot there are a lot of just like prison related measures that are going to affect January 1st. Some ones that caught my eye at least were kind of regulating the use of solitary confinement. It's kind of been a years long push by state legislator Pat Spearman. I think about six years ago, there was a massive report that detailed the kind of physical and psychological trauma of solitary confinement. So this new legislation caps it at 15 days unless correctional officers think it's necessary for the incarcerated person's safety or the safety of other incarcerated people. And then just another one that caught my eye, I'm personally always interested in just more ways for people in the state to report misconduct or abuse. So a new office within the attorney general's office that will investigate complaints of abuse 
or neglect within state prisons. And that office is able to recommend policy changes. So we'll just be like an added level of scrutiny and accountability that the prison system is going to face. I feel like we're talking about there's a lot of new laws coming in this year. I think when we talked last year, Sean, I think you were on that episode. It's, it's been a year. I can't remember. <laughs> but there weren't that many laws that came into effect in 2023. But it seems like there's a lot more that have come into effect. Is that just right. because of the, uh, the the nature of the legislature? Or? Yeah, it's, it's just kind of the timing of the sessions, right? So sessions happen only in odd years in Nevada, regular legislative sessions, at least. And so a lot of those policies are going to get on the books faster. So whenever you have January 1st of an even number year, it's only been, what, seven months since the end of the session. So you're going to see more laws hitting the books versus when you have January 1st of an odd number year, you're basically more than a year and a half removed from the most recent session and you're only a few weeks before the start of the next session. So there's just it's just kind of a timing thing in terms of policies taking effect. Yeah. And so how, do, do you know how many new laws we're actually seeing come in into effect this, this January 1st? Yeah. Um, so right now it's a little over 80 laws that are going to be fully or partially going into effect January 1st. A lot of bills have kind of different dates of effectiveness for different parts of the legislation. So over 80 bills on January 1st, and there were 300 bills that went into effect in July and December. So kind of the past six months or so, has been a big, big wave of new legislation going into effect. When, you, when you're looking at these, like, what are the ones that stand out to you? Yeah, so I think, at least me personally, I don't know how Sean works, but just either things that will affect a ton of Nevadans and it's something that you could see changed in, like, your daily life, or things that are, like, specifically targeted and have come after some kind of efforts or activism. So kind of going off of things that people could see changes in their daily lives for any cannabis users in our listening to our podcast. If you have ever been to a dispensary and were prohibited from purchasing more than an ounce of THC daily, now you can purchase two and a half ounces of THC daily. So that will be a big increase. And it's part of a larger bill that was called the Cannabis Christmas Tree Law. So it was just a huge, huge bill that had a handful of other cannabis measures. But that one was the one that caught my eye for affecting most Nevadans. And we've, we've written about that bill. Nyoka Foreman, one of the reporters on our team, has written about that bill if you're looking for more information about it. Let me just, I'm going to run through a couple quickly because I feel like these are ones okay. that may be, it going to take a lot of explaining, but I thought they were interesting. One, more money for jury duty on the way. Basically, you start if you're held in a jury for more than two days, part of a grand jury or jury trial, you get a certain daily stipend. And, and that was $40 previously, but now it's up to $65 a day. So a little bit more money for, for serving on a jury. Another interesting one, natural organic reduction of human remains. Now, you might be wondering, what the hell is that? Basically, there's a bill that now allows that to happen. And it's a process also known, maybe you've heard of human composting. Basically, what this process involves is taking human remains, putting them in a container with biodegradable materials. And in the span of a, uh, about 45 days, it accelerates the transformation of those human remains into a nutrient-rich soil. And so that soil can either go back to the, the loved ones of, of the person who died or they might be donated to some kind of conservation land where the soil can be used. But basically, another option instead of burial or cremation that Nevadans now have it at their disposal. 
let me go one more one. There, there was a new change that should make it easier for people who have changed their name to have that change reflected on their marriage license. So let's say you go through the court process to get your name changed. I think particularly for people who are transgender, this might apply. Now it's a lot easier to kind of just take those court documents and send them to your local county clerk along with a few other kind of official documents and they can update your marriage license and, and have your marriage license reflect what your name now is. Nice. So Eric, you've been reporting on this. Laws, when they're passed, don't always go into effect right away. I don't think everyone necessarily realizes that. Are all of the laws that passed at the last legislative session going into effect right now, or is there kind of a delay for some of these? Yeah, so there is a delay for some of these. So Governor Lombardo signed around 540 bills in this legislative session, and by my count, at least around 400 will have gone into it, will have partly or fully gone into effect after January 1st. So there are some other implementation dates down the line, I think in mid-2024 and then the beginning of 2025 as well. So I think probably the, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like probably the, the big ones, the ones that got the most attention will have gone into effect by January 1st, but there are still a host of others that are going to be slowly rolled out over the next year or so. Right. Yeah. So pretty much almost everything that, that Governor Lombardo signed into law is is now in law. There's, I, I think, maybe a couple dozen bills that have not yet fully taken effect at this point. And, and the next effective dates will be July 1st, 2024 and January 1st, 2025. And then before you know it, the next legislative session is, is going to be right here and we'll have more laws to talk about. Yeah, lots, lots of changes happening. All right. Well, Eric and Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Well, we've learned about new things that are going to be uh, coming into effect this year for uh, us Nevadans, but now we're going to be looking ahead. And so to look ahead, I'm joined by CEO and editor John Ralston and managing editor Michelle Rendells. Uh, we're going to be talking about kind of the, the future coverage that we're going to be looking at this year. You know, what, what are the big events that we know are coming up? So I'm going to start with John. John, you know, what's the big thing this year in 2024 that we're going to be covering? Well, the big thing is it's a presidential election year, Joey, and as anybody who follows me knows, Nevada matters. And uh, <laughs> we're, I think we're going to matter in some ways even more this year, at least that's what it looks like now, than ever before. We're, we're, we're one of only six, maybe seven states that really matter in the presidential election. In the 2024 election. They are the two men leading the polls. The crucial election around the corner. Election night in America. Come 2024. And we're now less than a year out from the presidential election. So there's going to be a ton of attention on us. Lots of visits from uh, the candidates and lots of opportunities for indie reporters to shine. Michelle, you have been talking a lot about kind of all the other coverage we're going to be doing. Obviously, the election is probably going to suck up a lot of the air in the room, but that doesn't mean that there's not other news events going on. What are some of the other things that we're looking to cover in 2024? Yeah, there's been a lot of things that just aren't resolved yet. Some that come to mind, there's an ongoing dispute over whether school teachers should be banned from unionizing altogether. There's a court case going on over that. So it'll be interesting to see if that element of Nevada law is successfully challenged and overturned. We've also got, we expected to see cannabis lounges open in Nevada this year. So far, we haven't seen it. So we're going to see if uh, 2024 brings that entirely new business model 
into Nevada and hopefully we'll find out what caused some of the delays that we're seeing here now. What we know so far is that it requires a lot of money to get started and that barrier is really high for a lot of these entrepreneurs trying to get into the industry. A cannabis lounge, for those who don't know, it's it's kind of like a bar, but instead of drinking alcohol, you're smoking weed, right? <laughs> yeah. So some of these would be attached to existing dispensaries and some would be mm. standalones. So this was supposed to allow a lot of new faces into a relatively homogenous industry right now, but they've run into some roadblocks in making that a reality. We're going to see some on the ballot. Some voters get to weigh in on things like ranked choice voting. Would the future hold a situation where you don't have to be registered Republican or Democrat to participate in those primaries? And the growing number of nonpartisans could hop in and weigh in in that level. So that's up for another vote. It, it was up in the ballot two, two years ago. It's coming back. So we'll see if that moves forward. And of course, we've got the A's potentially moving to Vegas. They are facing an open question of where they play after the upcoming season. So are they going to be in Oakland or are they coming to Vegas before the stadium is supposed to be finished in 2028? We shall see. I've heard murmurings that they might come play in the Aces Stadium here in Reno. We'll see if that uh, <laughs> if that's true or not. I'd be surprised, but it'd be kind of cool for, for a year. So, Michelle, you mentioned a lot of things there. We've actually covered all of this stuff before. Uh, we will continue to cover it. If you want to find the coverage on that, you can find it on our website, thenevadaindependent.com. But, John, we're going to come back to the election here for a second, because like I said, that's probably going to suck up a lot of the air in the room. A lot of attention is going to be paid to that. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about what we're going to be looking at for the election, right? Obviously, we're covering the election on election night. Uh, like you said, candidates are going to be coming. We'll be covering that. But what else are we going to be kind of looking at in terms of uh, in terms of the election this year? What's it going to how's it going to be different than 2022? Well, I think there'll be a lot of things that are different, Joey. And I think how we cover the election may be different. And that's a that's a conversation that's ongoing inside the indie. We we, we want to help make it more understandable for voters. Most people are not like me, Joey. They're no, they have normal lives. They don't pay attention to this stuff 24-7. And we want to make it more understandable to them. The, the, there, of course, is Nevada is an, an early state. And so there's a primary here on February 6th for both parties. And then the state Republican Party is conducting a caucus on February 8th, which is not just confused us and others uh, in, in Nevada. It's confused the national media. They're not sure what to make of it. And it's very unclear how that's going to affect uh, the nominating process. Now, remember one thing that people forget about that's unique to Nevada is that there is a choice of none of these candidates. It's going to be fascinating to see if, if record numbers of people because of the atmosphere out there in both of those primaries, by the way, vote for that. But we're, 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 we are a swing state in the general election, and we're going to be focusing on that. But there's also a very important Senate race here ne next year. Jackie Rosen's a first-term senator. It's a very interesting perhaps primary um, among a bunch of Republicans to, to, to face her. We'll be following that very closely. There's also House seats that, that, that could be in play, we're not sure. But I think the real forgotten story for most Nevadans, because again, they don't pay that close attention to it, but the one that's going to have the most effect on their lives uh, are, 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 are the, the legislature and what happens in the legislature. The Democrats really hope to get a supermajority in the legislature, which means that they can pass anything 
And then if they hold uh, their ranks, can override any gubernatorial veto. The governor, uh, Joe Lombardo, who, who, who was just elected in 2022, it will be dealing with that in, in a way that we, unlike anything I think we've ever seen in this state, he has outside funding store sources, he has PACs set up, and they're going to spend a tremendous amount of money trying to stop the Democrats from taking uh, a supermajority in the legislature. And if anybody tells you how they know how that's going to come out, they, they have a better crystal ball than I do. And I, I have to tell you that the impact on state policy of the Democrats having a supermajority or not having a supermajority is going to have much more of an impact on everyday Nevada lives than who wins the presidential race or who wins the Senate or House races. And let me just mention one other quick thing. If ranked choice voting and open primaries pass and become uh, the law here, uh, that is going to forever change, however long forever lasts in politics these days, uh, <laughs> how elections are conducted here, which again is going to have a huge impact on, on everyday Nevadans because it could change who wins races not just in the, in, in the general election, but in primary. So we're going to be wa watching all that very closely. Yeah, and, and ranked choice voting, it's kind of a complicated thing to explain here. Uh, we have a great video that explains it uh, in more detail. But a lot of states actually are looking at either ranked choice voting or final five voting or, or some variation of kind of changing up how people are voting, which I think you're right, John, will, will definitely play a big role in the discussion uh, around the election this year and then how that will play out in future elections. Michelle, is there anything else that uh, you wanted to touch on that we're going to be looking at in 2024 before we wrap up? Well, right after the dust settles, and maybe the dust will not even have settled <laughs> from the caucus and the primary, we're going to have the Super Bowl in Vegas. Uh, oh, yes. Ever. So that's going to be another big milestone. Vegas has kind of been on a tear with a lot of casino and venue openings this last year, continuing with more F1, Super Bowl, and just kind of a lot of you know, a, a renaissance almost down in Vegas going on. So gaming reporter Howard Stutz is sure to be covering kind of how that is all playing out and if that is ultimately helping, you know, the state's coffers and supporting the schools and doing all that kind of thing. So I will say I'm going to I'm going to speak for business and gaming and sports and everything reporter Howard Stutz here for a second, who has told me multiple times that he predicts that we're going to hear about a NBA team or an MLS, Major League Soccer team, coming to Las Vegas uh, this year. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for that if that does happen as well. Uh, potentially some more sports coming. Um, that's more of a prediction than a thing that we're actually going to be covering. But uh, if it does happen, we will, we will definitely cover it. Well, one other thing, Joey, if I can mention it right now that, that none of us have talked about, but is going to be an important story for us to watch, is the state of the Nevada economy. E even though things have gotten a lot better, obviously, since the pandemic, Nevada was disproportionately crushed by the pandemic. We still have, I believe, the highest unemployment rate in the country, even though it's relatively low now. And uh, I'm not sure, to quote the late John McCain, if the fundamentals of the economy are really sound in, the, in Nevada. That's something that clearly the governor is going to be watching and we're going to be watching as, as, as well. So, And what happens with the national economy, obviously, is going to be very important to what happens here. So that's definitely a story we'll be watching. Yeah, housing prices continue to be sky high among the consequences of Democrats not getting their supermajority was a lot of their housing solutions were vetoed. 
So, you know, we're taking a, a Lombardo <laughs> driven direction more on that housing front. So we're going to have to see how, you know, the homelessness rate, the rental rates, the housing affordability play out in the new year because a lot of people are still struggling. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting year. A lot to look forward to and to uh, to keep your eye on in 2024. Um, and it should be noted, too, you know, we're the pandemic is still to some degree, you know, playing out four years later. Uh, you know, I don't think we're all not everyone's wearing masks anymore. There's not a mask mandate. Um, but there's a lot of things, especially when it comes to the economy, that the the pandemic is kind of still affecting, right? All those pandemic dollars kind of held off a potential a potential economic disaster. But now those pandemic dollars are waning. What is that going to look like for the state and the country? So yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on all of that. Make sure to watch the the Nevada Independent, listen to the podcasts, watch our YouTube, whatever else we got going on. We're going to be covering everything in the state. And yeah, we're also just a reminder, we are, not, we are a nonprofit. So if you'd like to donate to us to help us cover all of this, you can find a big donate button on our website, thenevadaindependent.com to help us do all this coverage and more. John and Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Welcome to 2024. I hope you had a nice break and we're going to hit the ground running here. And so we'll get into it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joey. You bet. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. I want to thank Sean Galanka, Eric Nugaborn, John Ralston, and Michelle Rendells for being on the show today. This show is produced and edited by me, Joey Lovato, along with help from editor Michelle Rendells. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at thenvindy.com. Our theme song is by Emily Pratt, and we have additional music from Storyblocks, June Pearson, and myself. Thank you for listening to Indie Matters. I'm your host, Joey Lovato, and we'll talk to you next week. 